Amen. The word for today comes from Ezra, the third chapter, verses 1 through 7, and it reads, When the seventh month came and the Israelites were in the towns, the people gathered together in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, the son of Josedek, uh, with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, with his kin, set out to build the altar of the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings on it, as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set up the altar on its foundation because they were in dread of the neighboring peoples, and they offered burnt offerings upon it to the Lord morning and evening. And they kept the festival of booths as prescribed and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the ordinance as required for each day. And after that, the regular burnt offerings, the offerings at the new moon and at all the sacred festivals of the Lord and the offerings of everyone who made a freewill offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they begin to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. So they gave money to the masons and to the carpenters and food, drink, and oil to the uh, Sidonians and the Tyrans to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea to Joppa according to the grant that they had been had uh, from King Cyrus of Persia, uh, the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Most gracious God, our Father, Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing in this place. We thank you, Lord, for seeing about us, for, for being with us, for guiding us, for directing us. Oh, God, we thank you that you hear our voices and you search our hearts. So, Lord, in this moment, I ask that you would speak to our hearts like never before. In Jesus' name. Amen. We find in this particular scripture a lot of different things. But we, we first must look back in order to look forward. So we, we find that after the death of King Solomon, the kingdom of Israel was divided into northern tribes and southern tribes of Judah. They were not unified at this point. They fell into sin and idolatry and began living as the Canaanites lived prior to prior in that land. The Assyrians then took the northern tribes captive, and after 40 years of Jeremiah, the prophet's warnings of God's coming judgment, uh, they failed to heed their warnings, and the Babylonians took them captive as well. We found last week that God promised the people that after 70 years, God would visit and fulfill his promises to bring the people back to Jerusalem. We found last week that, that he promised that they would call on God and God would listen. There was a promise that they will search for God and God will be found. There was a promise that God would restore all that was lost, even the fortunes that they thought they lost would be gathered from other nations. And that brings us to our scripture today. You see, earlier in Ezra, we find that God stirs the heart of the king and he declares that all that are willing could return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Not everybody was willing, but about 40 to 50,000 people returned. 
And those who chose to return or were willing to return did three things. They, in unity, called on God. They sought after God, and they prepared to build. Verse 1 says, Now when the seventh month came and the sons of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as one man in, to Jerusalem. Those that were willing came back on one accord. There was no split or alternative motives. They were unified and they established a godly community suitable for building. But before they did any other work on the temple, they first built an altar to God. Verse 3 says, so they set up an altar on its foundation for they were terrified because of the peoples of the lands and they, burnt, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both mornings and evenings. This was a great display of faith in God. And in God's ability to protect them, they had opposition, obviously, and they were afraid of the neighboring people. And in some commentary writers said people that were actually in Jerusalem at that time. And, 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 and instead of building the wall, instead of digging foxholes, instead of preparing weapons, hey, they decided to build an altar. An altar in at that altar, they called on God. They remembered that God promised that if they would call on him, he would listen. So in unity, they rested on the promises of God. In our lives, what if in the midst of fear, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of pandemic, we stopped trying to fight all the battles ourselves and rested in the promises of God? What if we stopped building up walls to keep others out and ultimately keeping ourselves in to protect our emotions but rested in the promises of God? What if we begin our day calling on God instead of calling on ourselves and remembered the promises of God are true. You see, the people of God also seem to remember God saying, if you seek me, you will find me. For the scriptures go on to say that they kept the feast and the celebrations and the traditions. And how did they know those? But, uh, they, they, they saw what was written in the law of Moses, who they called the man of God. Let us pause here to remember that most of the people that came back that were willing to come didn't grow up in Jerusalem. They were a part of the captivity. It had been 70 years. So how did they know to celebrate, how to celebrate, and the traditions to celebrate? They sought the scrolls of Moses for God's direction. They sought God. They gave daily offerings on the altar of God, the altar, the altar, the altar. Doesn't Exodus tell us that the altar is where God met Israel? Doesn't Leviticus also say that the altar is where God would meet with man? There at the altar, the place of sacrifice, the place of atone, where atonement was given, the, the place where forgiveness was received, the, the, the people sought God daily. The question is, do we seek God daily? 
Do we give up a sacrifice of praise daily as we open our eyes? Do we crucify our flesh daily, uh, uh, declaring, not my will, but thine be done? Do we look, for the, look in the scriptures for direction and comfort, or do we fall always to our own devices? And it was after they called on God, and he heard. And after they sought him and found him that they begin the process of building. The last, script, the last verse in this particular scripture says, and then they gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food and drink and oils uh, uh, to bring cedar wood from Lebanon to the sea at Joppa according to the permissions that had been granted. You see, it was at that point that they begin the process to build. It was after they called on God. It was after they sought God. And, 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 and like he made those previous promises, they were able to rest in the promise that he would restore what was lost. You see, the other people had already given provision like he promised. They, they had gathered from other people in other countries the provision necessary to rebuild the temple. The, 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 the king had already given back the temple artifacts as promised so that they would have what they needed once the temple was completed. And the materials, if you really look at it for the rebuild, if you will, were coming almost identically to the place of the temple just as they did the first time. The trees were fell and floated across the Sea of Joppa. If you could look at the scriptures of when they built King Solomon's temple, you would find almost identical methods of acquisition. God was giving them a new beginning. On the other side of exile, uh, people of God, there is a new beginning. But we, just like them, must also call on God expecting that he will hear us. We must seek God, expecting that God shall be found, and we must rest in the promises of God like never before. I once had a good friend, very good friend. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't always do the best things. And as a result of choices he made, he found himself uh, behind some metal bars. While in there, a, a preacher, a prophet of God came to him and said, if you will change how you live in here and you will dedicate your life out there to prayer and to reading the scriptures and choose better choices, I, I believe that God will give you the happiness that you desire. He got out early based on good behavior, and he came to the house, and we celebrated him, and we ate cake and ice cream, and we talked about old times. But just a few weeks later, he and his, his mother had a sit down, and she said, I've noticed that you are choosing the way that you chose before you got in trouble. And you told me that, 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 that you told God that you would pray and that you would read the scriptures and that you would make better choices because, because you believe that God told you that he would grant you happiness. And he looked at his mom and said, Mom, I'm sorry, but I need money. And she said, Son, you are putting the cart before the horse. If God has made you a promise, God will provide, but you must put first things first. So from that day, he made a different choice. 
They begin to pray together in the morning and pray together before bed. They begin to read the scriptures a couple of times a week and discuss uh, the scriptures between the two of them and ask questions of the deacon when they did not understand what the scriptures were saying. The, this proverbial casting himself on the altar began to alter him. Hey. And before we knew it, he had a great job. He had met a great girl and he had a great outlook on life. But he put first things first. Now, this is his story. But I would argue that in our own lives, we also have some promises that God has given us and some promises that we have made in response to what God has said. And we must remember that even in exile, even in, in, in chaos, even in pandemic, even in the journey of life, we must put first things First, we often want to see the end without doing the things that are required in order to get to that prescribed end. People of God, I believe that what God is calling on us to do today is this, to call on him knowing that he hears us. We, we often say that it is the confidence that we have that when we pray, he hears us. I'm asking you to, to seek after God with all that you have, to crucify your flesh daily, to declare, not my will, but thine be done, to allow the proverbial altar that you cast yourself on to alter your outlook, to begin to see things as God has called you to see them, even in the midst of chaos. And lastly, I call on you after you have called out to God after you have sought his face and not just his hand to rest in the promises of God, knowing that his word is yea and amen and that God's promise is always true. But people of God, we must remember to always put first things first. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.